When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Imprint Companion, a podcast dedicated to all those physical media freaks with a PH out there, just like my co-host and I, who are really just salivating almost every month as it is over the incredible Blu-ray collection coming out from the Australian boutique Blu-ray label, Imprint Films. I am one half of the team of physical media freaks that you are listening to, spinning the discs and then coming to talk about them. I am Blake Howard and joining me as always is my awesome partner in discs and crime, Alexi Toliopoulos. Sir, hello. How are you? I'm thrilled, baby. I gotta tell you, <laughs> back-to-back months imprint has crushed it last month we had cutter's way <sighs> one of the best discoveries i've had in quite some time plus that in freaking sane wicker man box set no, and even man on the wire that, too last month of in course and the month before that we had freaking um the odd couple but dare oh. i say it dude this month is their best month I cannot believe it. You've seen me hyping it on the socials for the last few months <laughs> since they announced what they were doing with this big old batch. I've torn through it. This is up there with the best runs of movies I've had in the last few years, let alone <laughs> from one distributor coming my way. Uh, this is insane. What we've got here, we're going to talk firstly about this big old box set, which is basically a film course in a box. It's called After Dark Neo-Noir Cinema Collection 1, implying that they're going to do even more in this oh, realm. Oh my God. Oh my but God. it is a big old box of some underseen, undervalued, integral films in the neo-noir movement of the 1990s i think these are all 1990s films and this is one of the best box sets i've ever had in my presence and one of the box sets that's ever had my presence in it as well (laughs) yes blake and i do have an audio commentary in this box i'm gonna go out there and say the best movie box set you know, if we were talking about contenders for best movie box that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. we talked about most recently The Odd Couple, which I think genuinely is one of the greatest. It should be held up as mm-hmm. one of the greatest box sets ever put together because it does everything to encapsulate a whole movement of like one of the most iconic, you know, comedy, mm-hmm. not only films, but, but kind of tenets of comedy, the comedy yes. films and then obviously um, the television show and getting like a top 10 episode so that you can just have this perfect little mm-hmm. entree into the series if you've never experienced it before. But we've we've gone out and said that the collaborations box set, the Zhang Yi Mao and Gong Li box set is maybe the best box set you and I have ever collectively had to mm. pour over for anything with imprint. 
But I would just have to say this. I'm going to go right out on a limb right now in this episode. And this is totally not Alexi and I blowing our own trumpet to be in it. In fact, I'm kind of staggered that we are a part of it. I actually think it could be improved if our audio commentary was taken off it, if I had to be completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) The After Dark Nanoir Cinema Box Set Collection 1 is the best box set Mm. I've seen in print do. It's one of the best box sets I've ever seen. This thing has, let's list the films because we are going to go through them. After Mm. Dark, My Sweet, Mortal Thoughts, Rush, One False Move, Flesh and Bone, and Twilight, not to be confused with the vampire movie, but in fact the Paul Newman, Gene Hackman and Susan Sarandon film that we in fact do a commentary on. It not only has that, it's got on After Dark, My Sweet, it has a fantastic commentary track by film critic Travis Woods, who's a huge mm-hmm. friend of the show and, and my personal friend. And it also has this well, amazing part of the freaking book. network. It's part of the network, part of the fam, but mm-hmm. has this amazing booklet of essays mm, as well. By some great from, writers. From fantastic writers. A lot of Walter Chaw in here um, um, who who does uh, some of the commentary tracks we're going to talk about in the next episode when we talk about Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I was just utterly blown away with this set. It is so good. There are so many special features. The movies are bowl you over good. Every single mm-hmm. one of them. Though I mean, I'm the least familiar um, probably with about four of these. Uh, a, a couple of others I had seen before. Um, uh, Twilight, obviously, many times. I'm a big fan. We're both big fans of that. Uh, you know, the Harper series. And then that film is kind of a, mm-hmm. a sibling to those series. But man, I was just completely bowled over by this set. So, Lex, which film do you want to start first? Do you want to start with After Dark, my sweet? Yeah, let's roll down the spine as uh, they appear on the side of the box. Um, I would also say, Blake, uh, I think one thing that really impresses me about this, because it's not a new phenomenon. I mean, it's been going around as long as physical media has been in disc form, I'd say, which is a compilation box sets of thematically linked movies in some way. Everyone has a DVD that's like four funny favorites. That's like Tropic Thunder, <laughs> School of Rock, uh, You, Me, and Dupree, and some other bullshit. And like, they've been around for a long time. I haven't we've... seen some other bullshit for a long time. <laughs> it's I remember movie. it well. Well, it's one of the great Chris Parnell vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> it's I Chris think Alan Covert pops Arnett. up in it. Yeah, Alan Covert <laughs> is weirdly the third lead. Great actor. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's not a new phenomenon. But I think in the last few years, outside of the realm of Criterion, who I think has done this for quite some time with like Eclipse box sets and then more mm. recent fare. But I think people, uh, Imprint has been doing it with like some noir box sets that we've had in the past, uh, some Hammer Horror collections. And then of course, people like Indicator have been doing them with similar noir box sets, some kind of things that can be thematically linked. Severin does it. Uh, I've got this great folk horror box set that is just Mm. incredible. Where this one, I think in the folk horror box set are kind of in the same ballpark because it really does feel like a film course in a box where you've got this exhaustive exhaustive uh, special features that cover so many different facets from making of to critic commentaries to filmmaker commentaries to actor commentaries to then also have like some great video essays and making of it's very it very very all-encompassing and you've got the great booklet that has actual essays written about them which is something that imprint is dabbling in now between this and a couple of other box sets that we've gotten but 
this is such a beautiful compilation of movies because I think they are so underseen. Like these are movies that mm. I was largely not familiar with. Even Twilight, I had I had not seen it before we were asked to do a commentary on it, but I had seen the Harper movies before. Uh, this yeah. is one box set that is such a powerful introduction to something that is so kind of delicately intangible as neo-noir because it's more a vibe thing. Noir is a genre, but noir is a vibe. And neo-noir <laughs> is an even more specific slash less specific vibe. So I think it's such an interesting compilation of films as well to be kind of studied together. Well, you guys listen to this trailer and then we will talk after Dark My Sweet. Let me see what I can stir up for you. I don't want him talking you into this mess. Family's ready to pay up. They just want the boy back. Wake up, Polly! Faye doesn't trust me, and I don't trust her. We both don't trust you. After dark, my sweet. As per the back of the gorgeous disc that is in this After Dark Neo Noir Cinema box set, an ex-boxer played by Jason Patrick seems the perfect pawn to pull off a kidnapping planned by a widow and a cop turned con. What they don't know is that their mark is an escapee from a mental institution. This is incredibly directed by James Foley. It, of course, stars Jason Patrick, Rachel Ward, and Bruce Dern, based on the novel by Jim Thompson, a uh, you know a, a real kind of pulp noir legend of American mm-hmm. uh, of the, the entire American genre, and it's adapted beautifully uh, by Robert Redland and James Foley. Lex, tell me a little bit about your preliminary thoughts on this one. I loved this one. This is such a great one to kick things off because I think it is the most purely noir films of this era. There are story elements to this that amount to like a near complete collection of tropes and ideas that formed the genre of noir in the past. Yet it feels somehow quite present tense and modern to me. And yes, I found that to be like such a great way in because you read the synopsis to us. It is exactly like five or six noir classics combined <laughs> together. Like it's an ex-boxer who's a freaking loser. That's like night in the city. There's so much stuff there. <laughs> and then you've got this almost double indemnity, like this insurance hostage scam thing, all kind of coming together with this almost how do you say kind of like Tennessee Williams-esque mental illness story draped around it as well? There's all these double crosses and secrets, uh, secret internal identities from each other. Um, This is brilliant. This is such a cool movie. I love James Foley. His film At Close Range was one of my favorite imprint discoveries in the last couple of years as well. And I own probably, if I'm really honest, in my life, I think I've owned 10 copies of Glengarry Glen Ross in some form or another. (laughs) (laughs) So as a director, I do really care about. But, you know, Glengarry Glen Ross, that was an important movie for me growing up as a teenager in Sydney, Australia, (laughs) thinking about theatre and falling in love with theatre. And then I think over the last couple of years, Getting to know James Foley's other works has been so interesting because 
he is kind of like this, I guess, auteuristic, borderline journeyman filmmaker who most of the movies I've seen by him, I think, freaking rock. In all of the films that I guess broadly are in this amorphous thing that we call noir, he has made some fantastic films. At Close Range, After Dark, My Sweet, obviously mm-hmm. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Um, Fear, which is another kind of 90s, mid-90s classic. Um, uh, thanks, a big shout out to Maria Lewis, who's a friend mm-hmm. of the show, um, uh, for carrying the torch of that movie's recent um, jump into streaming. But he's got some amazing things that hit there. He sort of came out in that same era as David Fincher and, and the mm-hmm. people of that ilk and was filming uh, MTV video clips and then moved into other things. Later, he was in, he directed a bunch of House of Cards, you know, makes sense um, mm-hmm. that he was sort of a Fincher alum at that time. But then he's most recently known and probably the most seen things, shamefully, in his career are like Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed because they kind of wanted someone with this sort of psychological complexity and this great visual acumen to kind of take these really pulpy, trashy novels and kind of elevate them into something else that's a bit more psychologically real. And they just don't compare. They don't compare to his grasp of these things and having these great things to draw from after Duck My Sweets in his early 90s movie. Um, not too far after that, he makes Glengarry Glen Ross in 92. Um, he's He just seems like a guy... There's a lot of different films on his uh, resume, but anything that lands in the noir phase is just... I mean, that's where he's just... He shines, he shines, he shines so, so, so brightly. Yeah, it's a fantastic one. There is some really great new features on here. Um, You've got Travis Woods, your buddy, doing a great audio commentary. You've got James Foley coming back in 2022 to do a new audio commentary for this film as well. Then there's also an interview with him, which is really interesting to get an insight into his mind. Plus interviews with Jason Patrick and Bruce Dern, the stars of the movie. Uh, followed by an interview with Robert Polito, who's an expert on Jim Thompson. It's so good to get Bruce, Bruce Dern now. It's so good to get Jason mm. Patrick now. He was so massive. I think mm. it's hard to uh, like fully understand how massive this guy was in the early 90s and now to get him to come back and, and to do this. And he's had some terrific roles, but he's kind of like a little bit in, you know, um, you know, sort of mainstream Hollywood jail. I don't think he's sort mm. of like uh, is around the same traps as he used to be, but man, it's so great to see him. Yeah. A, a really fantastic film. So, so wonderful to be so deep, so deeply embedded in the mind of an unreliable mm. film noir lead. Uh, yeah. And this movie just does spellbindingly and it's so transfixing the whole way through. You know, I only found out this year that Jason Patrick is uh, Jason Miller's son. Really? I didn't know that. From The Exorcist. He's Jason Miller's son. You can tell because they have the same first that name. Is- I don't know why that's the case, but... <laughs> I was this close to naming my son um, Blake again. Uh, <laughs> that is so wild. That is so yeah. wild. It, once you see well, it, the- it like clicks, right? It, 100%. He's got that. He's like the hotter version of his dad, the much hotter. His dad's like mm-hmm. character actor, and he's kind of the the guy who's always been better looking. That's always doing. He's really his most be, his best work, and I would say two of these films are right up there with the best things he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And they're both in this box set. Let's let's jump from After Dark, My Sweet, which is probably one of the top ones of this set. Let's jump to another one, and there's kind of two films in this set that are probably held in people's memory longer because of the Hollywood relationships that 
either mm. came out of them or were celebrated in them in some weird ways. And the next one is a really classical kind of police interrogation, unreliable police interrogation subject mm-hmm. noir film starring Glenn, uh, sorry, uh, saying Glenn Headley, who absolutely sensational in one of my favorite comedies of all time, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, I love Glenn Headley. She's an icon to me. Unreal actor. Unreal. But the couple in question that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. Demi Moore, Bruce Willis, you guys have a listen to Mortal Thoughts and we will come back and chat about it. Did you think you would get away with this? I didn't think that she would go through with it. It was a sick game. Listen to me. We are friends, and we are going to watch out for each other forever. Something terrible happened that night. I mean, you have a friend, two friends, married. We're at each other's throats. When are you going to start listening to me, huh? So what if I want to have another baby? No, 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 because you already talked about this, and you know that. You get this taken care of. Something no one wanted to talk about. He used to be such a happy-go-lucky guy. Well, I'm very happy-go-lucky. Guess who? We're partying, baby. I'm gonna kill him one of these days, so help me God. Something no one could put their finger on. I'm really afraid, Joyce. I mean, I don't think that we're doing the right thing. I warned you about this too. They're crazy. They're animals. Anything can happen with them. Something no one could forget. Somebody's talking. They ask questions like somebody knows something, like somebody said something. Something just doesn't sit right here. The night James was murdered, you said you told your husband everything. I didn't do anything. I think you're really caught in the middle now. You're gonna have to make a choice here. I made my choice. It's over. You think it's over? You knew what was happening. You let it happen. Some secrets you keep. What you want is a lie. Others you kill for. I mean, a woman's a murderer! Somebody help me! Unless, of course, she isn't a murderer. Demi Moore, Glenn Headley, Bruce Willis, John Pankow, and Harvey Keitel. Mortal Thoughts. Mortal Thoughts is directed by Alan Rudolph. The film... As it says on the back of the box, a determined police detective questions New Jersey housewife Cynthia Kellogg about the death of her best friend's abusive husband. Reluctant to incriminate her friend, Cynthia weaves a net of lies that eventually threatens her own family. This is such an unbelievable ensemble of actors, not just in the talents and the pedigree of the actors and the stardom that kind of lurks around this weird, kind of forgotten noir film. But together, they are such an interesting blend of stars. And dare I say, everyone is doing something outside of their realm, outside of their (laughs) type, against their type. And to me, Blake, that is what made this work. I freaking had a ball watching Mortal Thoughts. (laughs) Had you seen this one before? Never seen it. And I was just blown away. Like the first thing that I did, it just caught my attention. 1991. And I'm like, okay. So this is like right around Goodfellas. You got Mm -hmm. Frank Vincent who plays like a hempecked, soft, like loser dad. And you're like, wait, this is the guy who was a get your shine box out of badass from Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. You've got Harvey Keitel. This is a, an amazing run for Harvey, this yeah. entire early 90s, coming in playing like a very sort of straight-laced detective um, who who kind of, I don't know, like he's, 
at the face value, he's way less uh, intellectually, emotionally complex mm. than other characters. And he starts, you can see that he's very much, you know, th- this movie is made and you can totally see its fingerprints all over something that the usual suspects mass- yes. must have been an influence or something oh, was in the air. Man. Usual suspects fucking rip this shit off, I reckon. <laughs> Big time. I was just think I was thinking that, and there's more. Mo- mo- there's more uh, things to uh, we can mm-hmm. talk about how these movies have influenced later. But then it's got Bruce Willis at being the biggest oh. shitbag, worst character as Glenn Headley's husband James Jimmy Urbanski and Demi Moore as her best friend. And you're watching this relationship unfold with again John Pankow, who is usually mm-hmm. hilarious, uh, who plays Demi Moore's husband. Not just a loser dirtbag, mm-hmm. not funny, not really that charming. And it's so, so weird, like growing up seeing John Pankow and Mad About You, and then I seeing know. him as like this little schlub guy in this. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's really weird. It's got a weird vibe, and uh, the entire time that it's playing out, from like I, I don't know about fifteen minutes in, mm. there are just too many question marks that are happening that you're starting to see that. Not everything is adding up. All of these decisions are, are, aren't going away. And Harvey Keitel's sort of persistent interrogation of this woman, um, Demi Moore's uh, Cynthia Kellogg, it just starts to... every Everything that she's telling just feels like it's been massaged. It feels like something's mm. being left out. And he's very persistent. It's a really, um, a really terrific little flick that is... And it's hard to say it's terrific because it's kind of gross and disturbing and um it's got this very kind of incestuous um mm. uh, grossness uh, in there in in the relationships but no i had a real i had a real ball with this i had i had a good time and i i was just like this is like it's so nice to see how deep this cast rolls uh, without being kind of everyone super famous at that moment even though bruce willis is probably at that stage like one of the most famous actors in the world and he's just playing this like grubby little role and you wonder is it just because he was married to Demi Moore or he wanted to work with Demi Moore? Mm. What is this? What is going on here? It's interesting, right? It's like he plays Stanley Kowalski with access to televised sports, I think is the best way to kind of like <laughs> loop in who the frick this guy is. Um, but yes. this director, Alan Rudolph, I was not familiar with him at all, but kind of going through my Letterboxd feed and like his other films, seeing how many of my friends have like this huge love for him. He appears to be like some great cult filmmaker of really interesting movies like Welcome to LA, Choose Me. The only thing I'm at all familiar with is his adaptation of Breakfast of Champions, the Kurt Vonnegut Jr. book. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of get into his work now. It's a great gateway in. The other thing that really stood out to me was Demi Moore. I think I'm just a little bit too young to have Demi Moore as a cultural reference or touchstone. I, of course, know Ghost. I love that movie. I've watched it most of my life. I think she's fantastic in it. But I don't think I've ever gotten a glimpse of what her stardom was. I remember when Charlie's Angels Full Throttle came out. And she was cast as like this legacy character almost of like an angel of days gone by. And there was so much buzz and hubbub going like, wow, Demi Moore's back and she's doing something cool and sexy again. And so I don't really know who she was. This was like the best insight I've had into that because it feels like I understood her magnetism 
But then I saw this great glimpse of her talent as well because this character is so, like, not a movie star role. And I found she captured the authenticity in creating the accent for this character because this is like a, you know, a New Jersey housewife. I think she just, like, finds the right tone for the accent for me. And uh, the way that she kind of, like captures the different like emotions this character swings through and the performative aspect of this character as well as far as perspective goes i found it to be really engrossing i think i'm a huge demi Moore <laughs> fan now after seeing this <laughs> well another alan rudolph one that this is the one i'm most familiar with and i watched it with my little uh, a little club of uh fellow cinephiles in the last year is called trouble in mind it's really mm. hard to get. It stars Chris Christopherson, Keith Carradine, and Laurie cool. Singer. And it's it's a noir film, absolutely a neo-noir film as well. And I think that when I watched this, I wasn't I didn't put the Alan Rudolph two and two together when I was watching it until we were just about to chat. And I was like, mm. Oh, he's this guy who has such a command of noir but likes to twist it on its head. And Trouble in Mind is exactly that, because it's this ex-con goes down um, and, uh, you know, gets out of prison, comes down and reconnects with a coffee shop owner who looks like it was an ex-spouse in in Mm. another life. And there's a young couple who are trying to make it rich and that's Keith Carradine and his partner. And as they're starting to be together, you're watching Keith Carradine get completely sucked into this city and Chris Christopherson and his, and, 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 and Carradine's partner, Laurie Singer, they kind of connect and it's like the anti-noir. He's a shitbag. Mm. It shouldn't work, but it's fascinating. It's transfixing. It's very interesting. Um, and yeah, it's very underseen, but it has like a great, you know, it has a great critical hold. So, so good to see Mortal Thoughts. And if you want something else, um, Trouble in Mind from 85 is another banger as well in his, his, his whole resume. I just looked it up. It's available for free to watch on Tubi. So I'm going to freaking log into Tubi for the first time in a long time. <laughs> The next one in the box we've got also features Jason Patrick, the son of Jason Miller, and Jennifer Jason Lee, perhaps another daughter of Jason <laughs> Miller. The movie is Rush. Oh, I know how it's going to burn since I was 14. Detective Jim Rayner was the right man for the job. Did you ever want to do this for anyway? Seems like a chance to make a difference. Rookie detective Kristen Cates was the right woman for the job. Today was going to be different. You. It was the job that was all wrong. We buy drugs, and you go in thinking these people are stupid. It'll get you hurt in a New York minute, and me hurt with you. It began with a lie. Now, Will Gaines is a dealer in drugs and pornography, and that is a fact. Make the case. Are you telling us to plant evidence? I'm telling you that sometimes good work is accomplished in a mysterious way. Let's pray together. You lie to the dealer. Oh, yeah. I got y'all fixed up. No, she don't fix. I think she fixed. And she don't walk out of here. You lie to your boss. You're wired. Not bad. I came here from a coat bag. Not taking your work home at night. But it's a fine line, Dodd. But when you're an undercover narcotics cop, lying to yourself is the most dangerous lie of all. I'm scared. Something's changing here. We've got less control of it all the time. That's the whole game, baby. Nobody's got control. Right there, 
you dig, man? Some people that think Jim might be a cop. Look, I need something you got. Tell me something badass. You think I'm stupid? A man could get hurt. A man could get hurt. Lord, please help this man. You're helping your strength as he faces this difficult task. For we are soldiers in your army. And we fight your enemies with our very lives. Amen. Blake, you had a chance to check this one out. This one I have not chucked into the player yet. So tell us what Rush is all about. Famous Hollywood producer Richard D. Zanuck um, basically hands this off to Lily Finney Zanuck, um, who's the director. And it's a story of uh, set in 1974, 75 in Texas about undercover police officers trying to break up an emerging drug ring of, you know, whether it's cocaine or heroin or speed and seeing this, I guess, something that we've seen in movies like New Jack City or those sorts of things where you see like the kind of speed epidemic late 80 uh, late 70s early 80s sort of coming into um you know american cities but we're actually seeing speed methamphetamine and seeing its early mm. emergence into sort of more provincial america and, and texas is where we're set jason patrick plays uh, just patrick rather plays G- jim rayner who's an undercover cop kind of one of those ragged edge guys um his uh, police lieutenant is sam elliott and he needs a new partner. So they go to a lo- you know, their local police academy. They find Jennifer Jason Lee's Kristen Cates. They pair them up as this sort of unwitting partner because Jason Patrick sees something in her. And eventually they start to take down these small-time um, drug dealers and they're really now trying to get Greg Allman's gains, who's the kind of the town's big drug dealer if you like but he's he keeps his distance he's got a lot of like people that work for him but not no one actually gets the hands of the drugs and it really just shows like that ragged edge of undercover life where you are constantly tempted into partaking and taking the drugs doing these little bumps and things like that and watching Mm. people get dragged into that drug-induced life that detachment from reality and so it's a kind of messy um, movie and it really is phenomenally done and there is it's got a score by Eric Clapton um, and there's even a track in this movie and I'm going to find it while I'm talking to you. On the back of the DVD there's a special feature that is a music video to one of the most famous songs of Eric Clapton's career. <laughs> is it from this movie? Like is it is it from yes. the soundtrack of this film? Tears in Heaven is a bonus feature on this, the music video for Tears in Heaven. You're not wrong. But the other one that really got me is in Michael Mann's 1995 crime saga, Heat, a movie that is so near and dear to my heart, there is a song called Will Gaines. It is written and performed by Eric Clapton. That song is in and written for Rush. And there is a moment where this song starts to play. And if anyone remembers in Heat, there's this kind of like percussive beat that happens like Mm. dun, 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 dun. And it's when De Niro is in his car between some of the people that he's kind of Mm. um, getting uh, uh, in the post heist. 
leading up to going to get Van Zandt. And that song was designed when they originally attempt to uh, arrest Will Gaines in this movie. And so I was listening to it and there's something like undeniable when you see, when you hear a hook from like a movie I've watched conservatively 200 times. I was like, I know that song. It has to be from Heat. And We've I got another minute. So We've got another, got another minute, minute coming out. <laughs> so, but no, look, Rush... Um, Lex, I know you haven't had a chance to watch this one. If anyone wants to, it is really terrific, terrifically acted, very small time, very dark, great noir elements. Um, you can, you can sense that this movie is operating in a world where it's almost like right on a cusp of Silence of the Lambs. It's right there with Eric Clapton, right in the score. It's right there with Jason Patrick's superstardom. It's right there, um, with Sam Elliott really being like a, a staple of um, a sort of like crime cinema in America and being this sort of presence that's there. It's really good. It's just, it's, it's such a reliable, terrific movie about going too deep undercover and the cost. And, uh, and it's got such great noir elements and, um, and, and it just feels like this very well-to-do Texas town deserves its own little drug epidemic and the war on drugs being so, you know, Feudal, uh, and mm. uh, and I really really enjoyed it. Oh, I can't wait to check it out myself. That's the good thing about this box. There's still two in here that I haven't watched, and I've already seen some of the best movies I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> the next one being no exception whatsoever. The film is oh. from director Carl Franklin, who I will say in the build up to this to me, made the best noir film of the 1990s with Devil in a Blue Dress starring Denzel Washington, Mm. the breakout film of Don Cheadle. I think that is far and away the best noir film of the 1990s. So I was very excited to find this one in the box set and dive one step deeper into the world of Carl Franklin. The movie is one false move. There was no fear in Star City, Arkansas. No murder, no killers, until now. There's violence we've ever seen. What's the story on this Star City thing? You think it'd be a wild goose chase if you went down there? Welcome to Star City, boys! For Chief Dale Dixon, it's the chance of a lifetime. Follow me! After 10 years of busting people, toms, and stop sign runners, I'd kind of like to take a crack at the big time. These are dangerous people we're dealing with. Get your hands up! Last night, some folks killed a Texas State Trooper. Looks like they're headed our way, boys. Yeah, I've never seen Dale as exciting before. He's waiting on the bad guys we can't wait for Christmas. But his first shot at the big time. I think you exit y'all like you're some kind of heroes. Well, we're we're far from that. Might be his last. We're gonna be cool. Damn, this could be a big one. We're gonna play it by ear. Somebody's gonna die. We're not gonna kill him unless we have to. <laughs> Sometimes, the difference between living and dying is one false move. As per the back of the beautiful disc on imprint number 127, one false move is about two ruthless drug dealers that commit a brutal mass murder in Los Angeles and are forced to flee the state when Fantasia their beautiful accomplice, begs to go home to Arkansas. She unwittingly leads them into the eye of the hurricane. Man, oh man. Screenplay 
by Tom Epperson and Billy Bob Thornton. Also mm-hmm. stars Billy Bob Thornton, directed by Carl Franklin, has an incredible cast, Cinder Williams, Billy Bob Thornton, Bill Paxton, Michael Beach, Earl Billings, and Jim Metzler. Some of those people you don't you may not immediately recognize their names, but most certainly you will recognize their faces when you see them in this movie. Holy heck. I'm I, I just have to say this. It's so hard, like three or four of these movies being some of my favorite movies mm. that I've seen in recent memory. But one false move smashed me over, Alex. It was so unbelievable. It it just twisted and ebbed and turned and flowed and shocked and moved me. This is a fantastic movie, an underseen, unheralded classic. Uh I just I, I can't I can't even put into words just how terrific this movie is. I watched it this afternoon, Blake, and I think it is the best movie in this box set. I don't even think it was on my radar before putting the disc in. And that is when I found out it was Carl Franklin who made Devil in a Blue Dress. That is when I found out it was a Billy Bob Thornton screenplay who's really cutting it big in this era as a writer, as a performer. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is cutting it up as a screenwriter actor in this era. This is such a gritty, dirty, southern gothic noir. And I think it is... I'm a little bit speechless by it because I was taken aback by how kind of confronting it begins. Like I texted you saying, have you seen this one? I'm scared of it as soon as it like kicks off. Like I found it genuinely disturbing the way things kick off. And then it's like weirdly entertaining because the Bill Paxton character is a character you almost only see in noir films where he is this kind of hapless hick detective who wants to be uh be in the realm of like crime solvers and the great detective detectives who like solve murders and do big crimes but he's in like this sleepy little town in arkansas so he never sees any of that action but he's kind of sees himself as this hero of this town and i think people kind of think he sucks but maybe he's they think kind he's of a joke. charming they think he's a joke he's, he's a loser he's 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 kind of charming because he's he's bill I paxton think he's like he's bill paxton number one mm-hmm. but he's kind of a dope and yep. they kind of know that he's a dope and i i don't know if this is just in my head it just literally popped in he's kind of like the david brent of detectives he is where he's like, just that's a, a great he's call. A, He's a fun show and you watch him and you're like, God, he's fun. And then Carl Franklin and Billy Bob Thornton's script does something. It just, it anchors him in such a, Mm. I don't know, a mess of reality that by the end of this movie, you're like, why am I crying? (laughs) Yeah, my heart was ripped out by the ending. Like it's, it goes a little too far in, in some kind of offense. The ending is hectic and brutal, but it absolutely (laughs) ripped my freaking heart out. And it's a great performance by Bill Paxton. I like that there's not really a real lead to this movie. It jumps around in perspective a little bit between the criminals, the cops, the detectives, uh, Bill Paxton. Uh, I think that this is a really, really fascinating movie. 
it's easily my favorite of the box now because I think it's just such a brilliant discovery, and it's got this- it has so much it has so much on special features for this mm. that I'm still pouring through. Yeah, an audio commentary by Carl Franklin himself, which is just outstanding. Shaka King and Brandon Harris do another audio commentary for this. Um, so like obviously you've got a critical lens on that. Mm-hmm. Michael Beach and Cinder Williams all uh, come back, uh, both come back for interviews for t- in 2022, as does the editor Carol Kravitz, a Canyon um, who does a tremendous job. And then there's a great Hurricane and Fantasia video essay by Chris O'Neill on this. It's, mm. it's, it's, I've been loving so those Chris enjoy. O'Neill video essays in this box. Chris set O'Neill, well. Chris O'Neill is just doing God's work with those video essays. Terrific mm. stuff. Big fan. Um, and maybe we'll try and grab him on an, an upcoming imprint companion to chat to him about his mm. process. But man, I just had such a great time. I think Michael Beach as Pluto, who's kind of Billy Bob Thornton's Ray's um, sociopathic, even psychopathic upsider, is maybe the best performance I've seen from Michael Beach. You've seen Michael Beach. If you don't know his name immediately, um, mm. the movies that the kind of like um, right off the off the back, he's, um, he's in If Bill Street Could Talk, which absolutely is worth, um, yeah. uh, you know, being um, highlighted. But some people might know him as Manta's father, Jesse, in Aquaman. Yeah. Um, Same year so, as If Bill Street Could Talk. Big year 2018 for him. <laughs> Huge. Um, so, yeah, he's a really terrific actor. He has an amazing resume, especially if you go back to the early 90s. Um, he's in True Romance. He's in Shortcuts. He's in NYPD Blue. He's in Bad Company. Like, he has an amazing run before he gets into a lot of TV work and then bounces around as a character actor. But no, I One False Move... You know, it's so hard for me to split hairs really between After Dark, My Sweet, which I think is just an outstanding movie top to bottom mm-hmm. and, and One False Move. But, I, I, you know, it's the it's the worst Sophie's Choice to say, which is my favorite, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. say they're both in this box set. So if you've bought it, you've got them both. We are running way over talking about this box set. What we will just suffice to say before we get to the film that probably we, we are both had to be the most familiar with coming um, <laughs> into this box set because of um, doing the audio commentary. Um, uh, we, we'll move on to get to get to a little bit more of a chat on Twilight. There's one more movie we haven't covered extensively, which is Flesh and Bone. That's another film um, in here in the neo-noir thing. It's written and directed by Steve Cloves. Stars Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan, Jimmy Khan. We're not going to cover that one too extensively, but we can just say mm-hmm. overall that's... We've covered four. We're about to cover five out of these six movies in this set. Um, By so the way, it's insane that the two of us, neither of us watched the James Kahn movie in this box set. <laughs> it's crazy that neither of us watched it. <laughs> that just shows you how fucking good the rest of this box set is, that <laughs> yeah, we dude. didn't watch the Jimmy Kahn one. It's nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> Finally, Robert Benton's Twilight, starring Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, and Gene Hackman, written by Robert Benton and Richard Russo. Uh, really, I mean, what is there more to say? Uh, we There's a couple of uh, commentaries on this. One of them is by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a listen to the trailer, and then we'll come back and sort of reflect in the glow of us even being included in this box set. Yeah. Harry... Honestly, Harry, did you see me in The Last Rebel? Yeah. Then I think you've seen everything there is of me to see. In a place where the sun can blind you. Harry, my wife is never going to sleep with you anyway. You might as well come up here and play cards. In a city where the night can seduce you. I want you to run an errand for me. 
told you I don't do detective work anymore. I suppose you think it's blackmail. Well, it's not. Nothing is more dangerous. You weren't there, okay? Forget the whole thing. Then it passed. Did you ever hear of a guy by the name of Lester Iver? No. That keeps coming back to haunt you. Walk away right now before you find out something you don't want to know. You were at his apartment this afternoon. What are you talking about? What's that perfume you wear? We're still in the air when I got there. Harry, a lot of women wear Ball of Versailles. Smells different on them. Don't you ever get tired of the beautiful people? Doesn't it ever bother you that they can do as they please? Because there's always guys like you and me who'll clean up after them. Who are you covering up for, Harry? Right, wrong, truth. Doesn't mean anything to you? You say you're my friend. Is that the truth? I'm tired of people getting killed. I'm tired of being lied to. When have I lied to you? When you acted as though you loved me. People like you think that you are entitled to all the things that you got, no matter who has to pay. You think people like me care so much about things that we would kill for them? Maybe people like you shouldn't get close to people like me. You are good. You are very good. Paramount Pictures presents Academy Award winners Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, Gene Hackman. Harry. Still love me. Twilight. Lex, what do you say? What do you say about a burned-out private eye plunged into a murder issue, tied up in a long unsolved case of Hollywood dreams, schemes, and cover-ups among the locals who inhabit a Tinseltown world of privilege and sleaze, sexuality, and desperation, trust, and a double cross? I obviously love this movie, Blake. This was such a great discovery for me last year, getting the call up to do this, watch this movie... It is so far up my alley because it is a Hollywood noir. It is a noir detective story set in the world of film making Hollywood. It is kind of like the serious brother to Get Shorty, a film of this era that also stars Gene Hackman as a loser producer in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but I think that this is just a freaking great tear. This is such a fantastic movie. And it is so funny. It is so clever. It's got such witty characters and dialogue that are all kind of subverting something in an interesting way, whether it's Paul Newman subverting the later years of his career compared to like his leading man days when he's playing Harper in The Drowning Pool and the titular movie Harper. Um, But I think that this is such a great film about aging for Paul Newman and a lot of his later year films are but this one is particularly exciting because it feels like he is revisiting a character of his uh this is so cool it's a great LA film as well so many different aspects of yeah. architecture get visited and kind of see the class the the idea of class in LA through its architecture this is a banger Every single character actor in this is a recognizable face that you have some emotional attachment <laughs> to. Um, we talked a long time ago in the Essential Film Noir Collection 2 about a terrific classic noir film called Hollywood Story. Mm. Twilight is like 
a neo-Hollywood story. That's exactly the kind of feel that it is. Obviously, Hollywood story is much more steeped in kind of real, like, old gumshoe detectives. But these kind of, like, live-in rapscallion ex-cops trying to make their way in the overpriced, overblown Mm. LA community is exactly carrying the torch. It's carrying the torch from Harper. It's carrying the the torch from The Drowning Pool, which is absolutely fantastic. Co-written by Walter Hill too, which is another Mm. thing that I learned this week. Um, This is a terrific film and it's a terrific film in a whole bunch of ways because it's about, you know, and I think Lex so aptly put it when we were talking about it in the commentary track, which is it's a movie not only about how the world sees you, but how you see yourself. And that is literally reflected in the aesthetic choices that are made in this movie, in the actors that are in this movie, in the interactions in this movie. And so many of the best movies and, and really how you measure, in my mind, because I'm such a, a, a real really gets me watching really fantastic actors play off of one another, Mm. modulate their performances to complement one another. Um, So it should be no surprise to you that a movie where Paul Newman interacts with Susan Sarandon and Mm. Susan Sarandon interacts with Gene Hackman. And And Reese Witherspoon in one of her first movies. And and, and Gene Hackman interacts with Paul Newman. And, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just, this is the kind of movie um, where, you know, like, Gianna Giancarlo Esposito is gets like sixth billing. They don't even mm. mention Garner on this on the on the out of yeah. who's who plays James role. Garner is fantastic in this. Stockard Channing is so good in this movie. She's uh, fantastic in this movie. I really love this film. I think that you know, I just said one false move is my favorite in the box, but this is the most entertaining movie in the box because it is qu- so witty and it is so yeah. thoughtfully directed. So watchable. So, so, so watchable. watchable. You are not going to be able to watch After Dark My Sweet and One False Move like in the same day. Mm-hmm. They're tough and they have an emotional impact that resonates for a long period of time and when i revisit them um you know i don't recommend doing what we lexi and i do when we pour through these imprints which is like sometimes we'll watch the movie and then we Mm. watch it again with a commentary and then sometimes again if there's two Mm. commentaries those movies are harder to watch because of the emotional impact and you really have to detach yourself and focus in on the insights that are coming through but twilight is just wonderful it's so entertaining We've watched it multiple times to prepare to be a part of this commentary and we were so thrilled to do it. And then, sim- you know, sort of simultaneously, I could watch this again and I'm mm. so excited to watch it again. Um, it's it's just a terrific thing. And so, you know, to put a cherry on the top, there is not really a weak link in this box set. Um, it is, there are two movies in here that Lex and I are like splitting hairs over some of the best movies we've seen this year um, and maybe in, in a very long time. And that's not even the movie we did a commentary for. (laughs) I know, right? It's just, it's an incredible set. Totally worth your money. It it is. It is quite expensive. That is uh, for the quality. Like there's so much work in here to go into making this like such an extensive box set. So you are getting your money's worth. And if you're here in Australia, we just had a sale and I do suspect this sale will come back around again where it's, insane buy one get one free so if you pick this up and another like $200 box set you basically like are paying 50% off Uh, so keep your eyes around for those JB Hi-Fi sales to get into this big old box because it is 
Man, it's a treat. Literally, the only way it could be improved is if, if they lost our audio commentary and it didn't make it onto the disc. Is the early way. Like, but if I we got an email before I, this episode, <laughs> if we got an email before this, it's like, hey guys, we lost your commentary. We'd be like, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I also I will say we're being. I'm being humble. I think it's a good audio commentary. Um, we we. I think it's such an interestingly, thoughtfully made film, Twilight. And it's actually one of the great privileges that we got to do that together. Uh, so check it out. We it's a funny audio I, commentary. Buy it for 200 bucks so you can watch the movie with our <laughs> audio commentary on it. Can I just say, mm. I had so much, like for a moment to be genuine, we are being humble and silly. But I just had, we had so much fun doing that commentary together. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute ball. Um, if we ever got the opportunity to do another one, we would be so grateful and blessed. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully it's in the same um, echelon as the quality of Twilight. But we, we just had, we had such a fun time. It was a late night record. Diving in the research. It was, it was great. It was so fun. We had such a ball. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this, the first Imprint Companion from the May batch, um, this epic batch. We have more Imprint Companions coming up to you. We're going to talk in the next one about The Warriors. Mm-hmm. Fantastic box set. Now diving into Walter Hill. We were doing Peck and Pars as these big special box sets with Major Dundee and Osterman Weekend. And then obviously cult horror classic, The Wicker Man, which was just absolutely extensive and fantastic. But we're now diving into some great Walter Hill releases. So we've got The Warriors coming up. We've got Bloody Sunday and The Contender coming up in the next episode. Lex, um, thank you uh, um, for uh, for us doing this uh, commentary yeah. track together. It was just so awesome. But can you tell the folks uh, who are listening now where else they can hear from you if they want to hear from you, and maybe me if I'm lucky? Yes, Blake will be on Total Reboot very soon. We're doing a heist miniseries. So he's going to be hanging out on Total Reboot quite a bit. Uh, He's been doing some great new release review movies uh, with me there as well. And I think there'll be a new one coming out very soon, depending on Mm. how tonight goes in our recording session. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's all I want to plug, apart from by Twilight, the in the box set, listen to our audio commentary. That's my main plug this week. Blake, what are you doing over at One Heat Minute Productions? Look, One Heat Minute, we've been having a bit of a hiatus um, after Zodiac Chronicle. I've been having a little bit of a rest, uh, but Mm -hmm. what you're going to be hearing coming up very shortly is a three-episode, three-podcast episode, but four-episode recap of Tokyo Vice, the series that Michael Mann kicked off and executive produced from HBO Max. Katie Walsh and I have been putting that together as a special miniseries. You'll hear more of those. We've been a little bit overdue with our Too Much movie, but the boys and I are going to be back talking The Ghost and the Darkness very shortly, which we're super excited about. We're hovering around in the 90s, so all of these movies were such a good area for me um, on that, but you'll hear more from that. And just tinkering away and building our next Mm -hmm. mammoth series... This will be podcaster and commander. But finally, I just do want to plug um, for all of those folks who are out there, keep listening to everything we're doing in One Hit Mid Productions. I have a special trip coming up to go and see a restoration of Heat at the Tribeca Film Festival with Michael Mann, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and producer Art Linson in their presence. I'm doing this as a pilgrimage to my favorite film of all time um, mm-hmm. and going over there. The great Bill Gerberi is hosting. And so there may be some on the uh, New York, on the American stateside dispatches coming in hot from there over at our Patreon as well. So check all of that out. But we will catch you on another Imprint Companion very, very soon. Keep those discs spinning, baby.